Welcome to Revival on the Air today. I'm Ben Campbell and my interview today is with Brad, which was recorded back in June 2019 at our international convention in Adelaide. During his late teens, Brad's happy nuclear family was shattered when his mum left the family very suddenly for a man who she'd been chatting to online for several years. Amidst the devastating pain of living life in a broken family, Brad became an angry young man. He sought refuge from the pain through partying, alcohol and drugs, a life he was exposed to through his weekend job as a hotel DJ. Brad eventually met a young lady, Gemma, and ended up driving Gemma to her church meetings on Sunday. A few months later, out of curiosity, he finally attended one of the church meetings and was drawn to the genuine love and connection that the people there had for each other. After observing for a few months, Brad got baptised and received the Holy Spirit, at which time his life was brought out of darkness. He began to see the beauty in the world again. As Brad grew spiritually closer to God, the anger and bitterness towards his mum completely left him, and he now enjoys a healthy relationship with her and her new husband. Listen to Brad's amazing story about his transformation from an angry and bitter man to living a purpose-filled life happily serving God with his wife, Gemma. Brad, welcome to Revival on the Air today. Thank you for having me. Now, we met just over a year or so ago at National Youngies Camp. Yes, we did. In Sydney. Yeah, it was a good time. It's pretty awesome. You've just had another one. Yeah, another one a couple of weeks ago, which was good. Good to have convention after that. Yeah, exactly. So we're in the Adelaide Convention now. Yeah. I didn't grab your testimony when I was up there a year ago. I grabbed a bunch of others. So if you're listening to this, you can go back and listen to some episodes from National Youngies Camp from a few years ago. But Brad, where did your story with God start? About seven years ago, I think you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Seven years ago, I heard the word of the Lord, heard the gospel preached for the first time, really. I had never really grown up knowing anything about God. You know, you do a little bit of scripture stuff in primary school, but nothing really. And my family were happy just doing what they did and it was a happy family it wasn't like it was a you know terrible family we were very loving it was a good experience growing up but just never knew anything about God and went through I was a good kid in high school you know did good with grades and things like that but when I sort of turned 16 and you know all my friends are partying so partying becomes the thing you do right started drinking And then when I was 18, my mum left with another guy, left my father, left the family, and I was hanging around friends who I went to school with and wasn't in a great headspace. I imagine that must have been a bit of a shock for you if things seemed pretty good up until that point. It was a shock. It definitely blindsided me. In hindsight, you can sort of see how things led up to that. Like She'd been chatting online for many years sort of thing. When I got into high school, we sort of bought a computer you know, back before everybody had a computer every day sort of thing. And we got the internet connected and mum started chatting online because she was at home all day every day. So found this community of friends that she loved online and got quite addicted to that and went for a holiday over to America. You know, mum's taken a holiday, that's fair enough. But then she came back and told us that she was leaving dad, leaving him for a man that she'd been chatting to online for many years and had connected with while she was over there. And so that sort of blindsided the family and she got back from a holiday and was gone within a couple of weeks sort of thing. It was just like a complete upheaval of everything. How did that make you feel? It must have been really hard. It was really hard. I had been partying for a little bit before then, but I was yeah hanging around with friends in high school and just 
started DJing in a pub and got into drugs and alcohol pretty heavily there after that. It was a hard time. It was definitely hard. My sister had moved to Nowra to be with the guy she was going to marry. Yeah. So she's older? She's younger. Younger, okay. Actually, yeah. She got married young. So it was just me and dad. Massive change in such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. That's right. A household of four of us down to two unhappy guys in a couple of weeks was a massive thing. I was drinking and partying, thinking that that was going to make me feel better. And it seemed to for a time because I was having fun with my friends sort of thing. So I was able to take out frustration, but I grown from being, you know, happy kid, you know, who loved to read and did well in school to being unhappy and angry and drinking and doing whatever I, you know, wanted to do in that lifestyle was a big change and nothing I would have thought that I would get into as a young teenager. Sort of heard about people who turned to drugs and alcohol and was like, it's just dumb. Why would I do that? Yeah, why would I do that? Exactly, exactly. So that was pretty rough and I stayed doing that. It was sort of I was DJing at a pub with some mates and so it was fun for a while but then I got to thinking, oh, you know, be good to not do this but this sort of thing, you know, I was working with them and I sort of wanted to help so we'd go out and even if I said, oh, I'm not going to drink this weekend or I'm not going to do anything this weekend, you know, you go, I'll just have a beer though and then I'll just have a second and then I've written off a weekend again. The older I got, like that was... All my younger 20s, sort of through till 20, 26, I was in that lifestyle. And even the times that I didn't want to be in that lifestyle, I just sort of kept falling back into it. I could see the friends that I was hanging out with by that stage, sort of by my mid-20s, all the kids I was going to school with had all sort of grown up pretty much. And I was doing all this with their older siblings who you know, weren't a great influence on me. And they were all starting to turn 30 and things like that. And I was like, wow, 30, not where I saw my life when I was 30, you know. Like I thought, you know, by 30 I'd have a different life. But that's where I was headed and I didn't really know how to get out of it. I'd grew up on the Central Coast just north of Sydney. I had moved to Sydney for work, but I was still going up to the coast on the weekends to party and work. All this time as well, I was working as a draftsman during the week. So I was driving to Sydney, working, driving home, partying, drinking, smoking. Riding off the weekend. And weekdays. I was there between Wednesday and Sunday. I was going pretty much nonstop and driving and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Like things you hear about people doing and you go, you, you think, you idiot. Like what are you doing with yourself? But that's what I was doing. At the time I knew that I shouldn't be doing it, but it was just... It's just the lifestyle you're in, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. And it's hard to get out exactly. of Exactly, yeah, especially when everyone that you're surrounded with, you know, I was surrounded by criminals pretty much, like, you know, the people I knew were drug dealers and, you know, bikies and things like that it was just crazy. Like the pub that we were working in didn't have a great reputation. They're the people that I knew, the people with not great reputations. But So what happened when someone came and told you about God? Yeah, well, I'd been living alone in Sydney and getting lonely. So I was just chatting online to people just so I could communicate with someone. There was a chatting app that was location-based and I was on there one night and this girl popped up and it said that I was 500 metres from her. 
and later found out that I was in Sydney and she was in Toowoomba in Queensland and she started chatting to me because she's like, there's nobody within 500 metres of me. This is At Toowoomba. Yeah, in Toowoomba, <laughs> in, in Highfields, like a sort of just outside Toowoomba. So she started chatting to me and she was up front right from the start. She said, you know, she was a spirit-filled Christian and she had evidence of God in her life. And to me, that was sort of all a bit, uh, a bit funny to me, like, my sister had been part of a Pentecostal church when she was in Nowra, right. and I didn't think much of that. I'd sort of given her a bit of a hard time about it and just thought it was all a bit rubbish. When I got told that this girl had evidence of God, I just thought, oh, well, this conversation isn't going to last very long. <laughs> but we kept chatting. She had planned to move to Sydney. That's nice. So she had been married previously. And her ex-husband had come along to the Lord for her. And she didn't want that. She knew that if I came along to the Lord for her, that she'd seen it fall apart on her before. You know, as soon as trouble hit, it all went downhill. She never invited me or anything. She just upheld her testimony, you know, kept going to Sunday meetings and worshipping the Lord. And I would pick her up on it. She, her car wasn't in Sydney. So I would pick her up on a Sunday and drop her at the meeting. And I would go and watch a movie or play Xbox or something, you know waste a couple of hours and then go pick her up afterwards and we'd go have lunch or something. And I did that for a while. She moved in the January. I just sort of observed that and it wasn't until Easter that year that I thought, you know what, can I come along to a meeting? And I just sort of asked her because I was like, you know, she hasn't invited me and I don't even really know what I think about it all. But I was curious because the funny thing is by this stage, probably six months before this, we had lost our gig at the pub. The pub got bought out by some people that weren't as dodgy as the <laughs> guy that owned it before. And we lost our gig because we were just a bunch of drug-taking idiots, yeah. pretty much. Hey, it's Ben here, and I'm here with my wife, Emily. And we'd like to tell you about the new podcast called He Says, She Says, God Says. It's all about marriages and relationships, where God is at the centre. Everyone knows that marriages are under more pressure today than ever. So this podcast is designed to help you with both practical and spiritual content. We cover a different topic about marriage each episode and we look into the scriptures to understand what God's wisdom has for us as well as interviewing other couples who have been there before, what's worked for them, their challenges and how they overcome them, their experiences. So whether you're single and thinking about a relationship, newly married, married with kids or empty nesters, there will be episodes and topics for everyone. You can find it on your favourite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, etc. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just search for He Says, She Says, God Says or visit our webpage www.hesayssheesaysgodsays.com. So we lost our gig. I wasn't going up to spend time with my friends as much because we weren't DJing yeah. so, and all they were doing was writing themselves off. So I sort of thought, oh, well, I'll just hang around down here and take this girl to a church meeting and chill out a bit, relax. So I got curious and went along to a meeting and heard things that I'd never heard before, heard about you know, speaking in tongues and heard tongues during the spiritual gifts and heard the gospel preached and I hadn't ever heard that before. And yeah, just heard things explained to me nobody had ever sat down and told me about with a bunch of people that were friendly and loving towards each other. And 
I had thought that I had a family connection with the people that I had been hanging around with before, but these people that I had seemed to have something more than that, you know. They had this amazing connection and love for each other that was really different. And I liked that, you know. I enjoyed being part, you know, I enjoyed being in a family and having people that I cared about. And I could see that in these people. So I kept coming along. I went to that first meeting and I don't think I missed an activity or meeting after that, you know. I started going to the Wednesday night meetings and I was going to whatever was on just to sort of be around these people and observe them and check it out. I didn't want to, I got, you know, being baptized put to me and all this sort of stuff, but I'd been very quick to jump into things in my history and that obviously hadn't taken me down a great path. <laughs> and I knew that I wanted to take it seriously. If I was going to make a decision to get baptized, it's because that's a decision I was making for the long term yeah. sort of thing. I wasn't going to get baptized and be like, well, that was very nice. But yeah. I, you know, Off to had the a next new wash. shiny toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After a month and a half, something like that, which is probably still pretty quick compared to probably some Sounds other people. Home, yeah. But that was a decent amount of time for me, yeah. I'd put it to the Lord that I wanted to be spirit-filled, you know. I'd sort of started talking to the Lord because that's what all these people did and it was working for them. So I wanted to be spirit-filled before I'd even thought about getting baptized. So I'd been talking to the Lord about that, you know, asking for the spirit, praying in the capacity that I sort of had been shown. I just I made a decision one day, you know what, I'll get baptized. I'll take that step. And so I got baptized by full immersion and that was great. I sort of felt like I had made a good decision, you know, and I sort of stepped forward and I got spirit filled a week after that. I was driving on the M4, praying, saying hallelujah and just broke forth in tongue. It was an amazing experience. It's sort of like, oh, about what all these people have been talking about, you know, it's real. And no wonder they're so happy and connected. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I went from a position where I was in darkness. I remember walking through the city with Gems, the girl that talked to me. Who's now your wife? Who's now my wife? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Throw that in. I always forget that when I'm giving my testimony. You married her, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, we got married like a, a year after I came along. But we'd been walking through the city one night and everywhere I looked, I could see the lifestyle that I was in. You know, I look over and I'd see the people doing shady stuff in the dark alley and saw all the terrible things that were out there and she looked at me because I was talking to her about it and she's like can't you see the beauty that's in the world and as she said that she bent down and picked up this little folded paper crane that was on the ground this little yellow paper crane and so when I received the spirit it was like the light got turned on and all those dark places that I could see were just sort of illuminated and I could see the beauty that she could see when she picked up that crane and that was a really amazing thing. And I mean, it's gone to a point now where I'm nearly oblivious to the dark things. And then we went to, on our honeymoon, we went to Bali and walking down the street and Jim was like, oh, watch out for the, you know, whatever's happening on the corner there. And I'm like, oh, why? What's happening? <laughs> I, uh, I didn't see anything. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. What an amazing difference. Yeah. Right. There was nothing inside me that wanted to go back to that old lifestyle. Like the Lord just took everything, all the old things that I had been doing, just took it away and put me into this amazing fellowship, this family of God. So how long ago was that now? About seven years, just a couple of weeks ago. And that's been amazing. And I'd always sort of been a bit of a worker. I enjoyed working. My father had a very high work ethic and sort of passed that on to me. And that's one of the things 
with the DJing I liked was, you know, I was working, or, you know, what I was considering working. (laughs) And so I'd been coming along to the fellowship for, feels like it was only, you know, a month maybe. And one of the ladies in the fellowship came up to me and she said, oh, you used to be a DJ, didn't you? Yeah. You say, you know, sound gear, right? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I know sound gear. Oh, cool. We need a new sound guy. Do you want to jump on that? So I was put straight to work for the Lord. I think that was a fantastic thing for me to get to, you know, be integrated so quickly into the fellowship and working for the Lord, you know, and working for my brothers and sisters was really good for me to have that and to have podcasts. So many talks and stuff I could find on Revival Fellowship. Just get in the car and drive for an hour in Sydney doesn't get you far, but I had time to listen to a talk on my way to work or wherever I was headed, which was an amazing thing for me, really gave me a nice foundation. It's hard to sit across from you and imagine the angry man that you must have been. It's actually really quite difficult to imagine who that guy must have been. That's a good thing. It's amazing. It's really amazing. I had a lot of anger. There was a period, especially drinking so much and taking the drugs that I was and being around people that were so violent, like the hub we were in, you know, having fights was a weekly thing. There was a period there. I think over a month we had three stabbings or something like that just out the front of the pub. I was in that environment and I was a product of Of that, that, you know. I was an angry man. For me to get angry and throw my fists into a wall or a tree or something was pretty common sort of thing. My father often looked at me because I was living with him and I was trying to hide what I was doing from him because, you know, I didn't want to disappoint him or anything, but he could see that I was angry. And he said to me a couple of times, you know, he's just waiting for the moment when he's going to get a call saying, oh, your son's been arrested for assault or something like that. Yeah, you know, right. I was just an angry dude. So what does he think of the bread now? He loves it. He's been really supportive, which has been great. I think to see he wouldn't have been blind to what I was doing. You know, he knew the people I was hanging around with. To then see that change from that to, you know, being an active member of a church and, you know, talking to him about being spirit-filled and, you know, he came to my baptism, which was an awesome thing. And, you know, we bought him a large print Bible because he was sort of seemed like he was getting interested, which was really positive. Yeah, it's been a huge change for him to watch, especially because he was there for those years. Yeah, he's wrapped that Mm. I'm out of that. (laughs) You mentioned before when we were talking off mic about your healing forgiveness for your mother, about the hurt and anger that you held towards her. Can you talk to that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It blindsided us when she left. She was gone within a week of telling us that she was leaving, so put me in a pretty dark place. I was pretty angry about the, the whole situation. I mean, I had lots of anger problems, and that was just another thing that I held on to, and I had held on to a lot of bitterness and she moved to Canada to be with the man she'd met online. And so I didn't speak to her. I didn't contact her. So I didn't speak to her for many years. I think it was about five years. I didn't speak to her. And she moved back to the Central Coast, just around the corner from us. And I remember one morning, I was sitting out in the back room of our house with dad and there was a knock on the door and I yelled out something abusive and then walked to the door, which was out of the norm for me. And it was her. And I think I traded five words with her and she left sort of thing and I hadn't seen her for five years, hadn't talked to her for five years at that point and that's all I had to say. Like I was still holding on to a lot of things and from that point on, you know, I'd see her every now and then but, you know, I was always quite cold and didn't have a lot of love there. 
which I know was hard for her. But then I came along to the Lord and it's nothing that I prayed for or even really thought about, but there was just sort of a point, you know, I started building a relationship back up with her and there was a point where I was like, you know what? The Lord's filled me with forgiveness for mum. Like I'm not holding on to any of that anymore. And it was such a weight off my shoulders, you know, to know that, you know, the Lord could do that for me and not even asking for it, just having the Lord be able to see that that's what I needed and give me that and to then be in a position where we've built up a relationship now and she ended up marrying the guy that she left with for. And so he moved back to Sydney with her and to then build a relationship with both of them and has been an amazing thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nothing that could have happened without the Lord. Yeah. Without the Lord, I would have held onto that to my grave because I was just angry. Yeah. So praise the Lord for wow, that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Awesome, mate. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us. I'm glad I bumped into you in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. You know, the Lord's doing great things. He is. You have heard so many great stories from this convention alone, and I've grabbed a number of them already for the podcast, yeah. so I'm looking to grab a few more while we're here. So thanks for sharing your testimony. No problem at all. My pleasure. Thanks, mate. What a beautiful story of a life restored and a wounded soul made whole. When I was speaking to Brad, it was really hard to reconcile who he is today with the person he once was. He's such a genuine, loving and caring person. It doesn't matter where in the world you are or how broken your life seems, God can change your life. We would love for you to reach out to us. If you'd like to know more information about how to have more love, joy, peace and purpose in your life. Send us an email via podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Revival on the Air today. To listen to other recorded episodes, just scroll down the page. There's plenty more there for you to listen to. I hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time, God bless.